Why are you so nervous, Marcus? It's all right, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Good day, chick. And I'll just go right back at him. I'll say, Good day, toots. Did the t- boys take the piss out of it? Yes, we did, but we all did enjoy it. Quinny boy, yes, I get to do the intro again and it feels great. Fair enough, mate. You've, you've earned it this week. It's been a great week of footy and I think you can definitely say that the Ram we're all looking forward to lived up to the expectations. Yeah, what did you think of it? There were some absolute belters in there. Oh, I thought it was an unreal um, round of footy. I thought the one that probably didn't go the way we all expected was the Thursday night clash with Melbourne and Brisbane. I didn't think it was going to be a blowout like that. Um, but still impressive. And then a lot of other games were quite close. Like West Coast Essendon was surprisingly a decent game as well. I mean, two bottom of the ladder clubs. So, you know, it makes sense, but probably wasn't, you know, one of the draw cards. Carlton Freo was great. Richmond Geelong was amazing. Um, There was, yeah, there's plenty of good games of footy to watch. Yeah, no, it was brilliant. It was, yeah, absolutely lived up to it. Um, Well, before we get into it, we're we're back on, uh, we're back remotely like we are. COVID's, uh, COVID's hit us, and well, not yeah. us personally, but at our studio. So we uh, we can't film in person, which is a bit uh, bit annoying. But uh, uh, what's hit the media manager? So it's it, it has directly actually impacted pressure points. Well, yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah. thought the safest option would to be like this, and and now um, now it feels like you know you've got those delayed responses where it feels like I'm live crossing from France. Yeah, is it? Well, I'm, I still never get over that one from, I can't remember what episode number it was, but it, I remember you yeah. asked me, you know, I stood there staring at you about 20 seconds and in me, it was all, you know, real time, but I didn't realize how big, bad the delay was till I listened back to the <laughs> so Hopefully it's a little bit better than that this time around, but yeah, we're going to have to make do this week at least. Yeah, exactly. So far, so good. Um, but let's get into it. Well, you mentioned the days at the top. They, um, they were bloody impressive and they, um, they shut all the doubters up very quickly, swiftly, and they're back into premiership favoritism and looking unbeatable yet again. And rightfully so. I mean, I know we talked about it a fair bit and we never wrote them off here on the podcast. So we were always believers in Melbourne and knew it was just a bit of a form slump. It's going to happen no matter who you are, but geez, what an emphatic way to get about it. And to, to knock off Brisbane, we know Brisbane, you know, notoriously don't play very often at the MCG and they're probably not used to it, but to win by 64 points against, you know, one of the top three sides in the comp, that's yeah, that's it's a yeah, definitely stamping their authority on the comp. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, as we've said many times, I think the break was perfect for them. It's exactly what they needed. Um, and then even with Max Gorn out, Luke Jackson stood up um, and has stamped himself as one of the uh, best young players in the competition. He was enormous. Um, and then even Jack Viney was was huge as well. I think he goes a bit underrated with all the superstars that they've got. And, um, yeah, to do that to a Brisbane team, whoever I'm – you know, who's picking as the second best team in the competition was was crazy. And I'm glad it happened because some people were saying some outrageous things about Melbourne after their three losses in a row and, you know, the the brawl outside on Tricot and, and all that. So I'm glad that they've shut all those people up because it was very premature from a lot of them. Oh, 100% it was. I mean, how do they go 10 and zip? You know, they win their first 10 games undefeated, look unstoppable. They lose a couple of games, that on off-field incident happens, and all of a sudden their basket case like that that was never what was happening it was just a bit of a you know it happens everyone's going to lose games throughout the year and they'll be disappointed in themselves no doubt but yeah to come back like this was definitely an emphatic way to let everyone remind everyone i should say that they're, they're still the best side in the comp yeah exactly right i think all the best teams over the last few years have you seen that you've seen have all got those mid-season slumps um, they've all had them so it's completely normal i don't know why people are writing 
so quick to write people off and, and teams off. Um, you know, I think we brought up the example last week. I think Lee Montagna said Melbourne could miss the eight. Like, come on. Like, it's just outrageous. Just yeah. Lee Montagna also said this week that Essendon will play finals next year. So let's not look too much into what Lee Montagna says. Yeah. 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 He said yeah, it is, last night, maybe. This is why these fan channels and fan podcasts are the best ones because they're getting paid to, to create headlines and stories where we actually talk from a better place than, than they do, I think. What do you reckon? Well, oh, I, reckon. More, I think it's more genuine because, you yeah. know, if you listen to both of us talk, especially about our clubs, we're pretty biased the way we speak, but it's it's heartfelt. So it's it's not mm. you're not just saying stuff for clicks. You say what you actually feel. So I feel yeah. like in that sense, it's definitely more um, more genuine and authentic for sure. Well, apart from my big calls where I, um, I make <laughs> headlines. Those are <laughs> outrageous. Those were outrageous. <laughs> I might have a good one today, so we'll, uh, we'll we'll wait and see. I'm looking forward. Um, to it. Speaking about the bombers, they got rolled by. I mean, there was talk that this was the worst team of any season in history. West Coast Eagles. I think they're they're being beaten by North now, but geez, still to lose to West Coast after coming off such a good win the week before is is pretty embarrassing from the bombers. Well, a lot of Essendon supporters were stoked with what they saw last week. They thought, you know, the form is up. Obviously, we're not going to compete this year, but if we can continue to be competitive and play similar style of football, we'll be all right. And heading into WA, what a perfect opportunity against West Coast. It would have been an absolute basket case. And, yeah, to go over and lose by 10 points and yeah, well, it wouldn't have been what they expected, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, thought, I thought West Coast played really well. Like, it was, it was weird. Like, they looked like the West Coast of old. Like all their their old heads played really well, like Josh Kennedy, Andrew Gaff, Elliot Yo, Luke Shuey. Like they all played really well. Yeah, Darling was another one that had a pretty good game, also. And tell you what, the Tigers got him next week, and I'm pretty nervous after seeing that performance. I mean, that they played some seriously good footy, and you're right. I mean, is it just because they played against the bottom eight side, and you know Essendon haven't been too flash themselves, or are they genuinely back? It's going to be tough to tell. But with West Coast, we're going to need to see a few more games like this to sort of get a good read on where they're at at the moment. Yeah, well, I've got Nick Nat coming back pretty soon, I think, which would be huge. And I know Carlton play him in a couple of weeks, which is bad. The bad time, I could, I wish we could have played him, you know, five, six weeks ago. But, yeah, they're, they're probably going to knock a few teams off and probably, um, yeah, put a real dint to some finals aspirants, I reckon. Like, you tell you, you guys play him, we play him. You know, there's going to be – they're going to take some, some big scalps along the way, I reckon, over the next eight weeks. I have a feeling this will be one of those teams that – knocks off a, a Richmond, a St. Kilda, Bulldogs, all those teams that are fighting for that, that eighth, ninth spot or a seventh and eighth spot, sorry, no one wants ninth, um, that seventh or eighth spot, and they're going to knock them off and be the reason that they miss out on finals and it's going to be the most unexpected way to happen because you don't you think walking in a West Coast game, you're going to beat them this year. And I reckon they're going to disappoint someone really bad. Yeah, exactly right. So, yeah, fingers crossed it's not against us, um, but we'll, we'll, we'll find out soon enough. But... Right, speaking of the Blues, oh boy, Jeez. oh boy, that aren't you, mate? That performance against Freo on the weekend was, I'd say, our best win of the season. It was the the best we've played. Um, four quarter performance, dominant all over the ground. Um, it was our our bottom six players were were awesome. Like that, that's what's making us um, have such a great season. Is they, these players like Cottrell, Lockie O'Brien, Jack Nunes, like they all played brilliant on the weekend. Um, that's what's lifting us up. Yeah, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, Cottrell was one I was going to talk about. He, he starts as a medical sub most weeks, but recently he's been starting in the you know the best 22 and he's been shining. I think he's relishing the opportunity. It, 
Yeah, am I right in saying that? Absolutely, yeah. He's for me, he's the biggest improver in our team. I think like he was the he was the whipping boy over the last couple of years, especially last year when he was he was getting a few games and just like just really questioning why he was in the team and and then why he got another contract this year. But Voss obviously saw something in him. He's playing in in uh, playing him to his strengths on the wing. He's uh, I think he's the best runner at the club. Um, he's quick as well, and he, he's a great great user of the footy. So um, it's players like that that it's gonna that's gonna um, you know, put you into that premiership. Uh, calculations and top four, top four spot on the ladder because um, you know you can have your A graders playing well every week, but if you there goes my mic, I'm getting too excited about the Blues. Um, <laughs> I don't want to know where you're resting that microphone. <laughs> oh jeez, what was I say? Yeah, Cottrell. Yeah, what is? <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Yeah, the A graders and then you know your B and C graders, which I have to agree, it's all good and well for your stars to be playing good footy, but if the the talent around them isn't you know performing as well, then it's not going to work. Everything needs to click, and I think at the moment it's starting to happen with Carlton and you know Jacob Weidering's not too far away, and some you know um, recruits are not recruits, I should say, but some. Um, Cavalry is coming back. That's what I was trying to get out. The cavalry is coming back pretty shortly as well. So if you can keep everybody on the park, um, scary signs ahead. Yeah. Well, there's talk where we might be back this week against the Saints, which will be huge, especially with um, with Max King up forward. Um, but if not, definitely the week after. And then I think Pitnet's going to be the same time as him. And then you've got McGovern coming back around the same time. So they're all going to come back at once, which is which is great timing considering, you know, it's... it's like I'm still scared to call it, but it's looking very likely that we're going to play finals. So you don't use the um, F word. Mate. You don't use the F word. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting. I was. I was waiting for you to tell me. No, you are playing finals. Wow. I mean, That's I like, do think you will play you're finals. Meant, you meant to tell me that my PTSD is too strong. <laughs> I do think you guys will play finals this year. As much as it pains me to say so, I reckon Carlton are going to play finals and. Depending uh, who you get round one of the finals and where you finish in the ladder, um, I reckon you'll probably win a game as well. So, yeah, very exciting if you're a Blues fan. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the Blues had their first big test over the for the, the you know, well, I think it's, I think there's eight, eight weeks left. So there's two months left for the season um, from this weekend. And their first big, big test is going to be against the Saints as we've got a, uh, a special guest about to join us in the bill. Let's, let's get him in. Hey, here he is. Here he is. Richo, man. How are you, mate? Uh, mate, could be better. Could be better, yeah. I feel like we always get you on when the, after the Saints have uh, just capitulated, haven't we? No, it's when my opinions are at their strongest, so it's probably smart on your behalf. <laughs> well, we have talked to you before about getting you on after a big win, and you've, you've declined politely, and you've said save it for a big loss. So we, here it is. We've got you on. How are you feeling <laughs> after the weekend? Uh, I just feel like we've hit an all-time low. That's what it felt like on Saturday night. It feels like we're at the bottom of the ladder, even though we're only two wins out of four, out of fourth. Mm. It was yeah. um, I don't know the feel. I, I honestly, I turned the game off after half time. I haven't done that in a long time, not even when we're at our worst. Yeah. It's one of those ones, isn't it? Like a few weeks ago, you're talking about finishing top four and being serious contenders, and now you're outside the eight, which you know no one expected to see. And it's just, it, it makes you question, like, where's this turnaround come from? Oh, well, you know, you had two opportunities to show that 
we were serious about contending. Um, you know, we lost to the Lions, which was probably expected, but it, we didn't didn't perform like terribly. Um, and then uh, who did we lose to the, the week after that? Um, Bombers. The Bombers. You know, obviously that, that game went in with full expectation. And I actually said to my housemate, he's a Saints man, I said, I'd be happy just to win this game by a point because it was one of those games where I was like, Bombers had been shit-canned pretty much for the last eight weeks. They got us by 75 points last year. Um, and I just thought, this could be the one we drop. And I, I think, I don't know if you noticed this, but so many games this year, not, not just the Saints, but it's just been these massive momentum swings and sides just, they're good for 10 minutes and they drop off for 10 and sides are just putting on five, six goals in a row. And, you know, we looked good for about 15 minutes that game. Um, And then, you know, capitulated towards the end and they had to respond against the Swans. It was an eight-point game. And they gave us absolutely nothing. Zero Mm. heart, zero effort. And you just, it's hard to watch your team just give up. Jack Steele was back in after six weeks off. And we kicked four goals on a dry SCG. Mm. It was yeah. hard to watch. Spineless is what a lot of people are calling it. I've I've heard, mm. I've heard that internally the club lacks a lot of uh, leadership. It's a, a team of introverts, and I think that has a lot to do with where we're at. There's no one that really like galvanizes the group or brings brings the best out of him. We haven't had a leader since Nick Rewalt left the club. Mm. You know, the, our, our first choice captain was Jaron Geary. Apparently, he's probably the only quality leader there, but unfortunately, he just isn't capable of being good enough to be in the best 22. Mm. What it, do, you not, do you not rate Jack Steele as a captain? Love, you... love Jack Steele, but I don't think he's vocal. Yeah. I, th- I think he'd be reserved. Mm. And... When the, when the going gets tough, you need someone that's ready to get vocal and like lift the team up a little bit. Who I honestly reckon our best lead is Callum Wilkie, and yeah. he's played two and a half years of footy. Yeah, and not many people would know about him either. No, no I do love Steele as well, but I agree with you. I think he is probably too quiet. I mean, he he leads with his on field ability and the things he does on the field, but I think you need to be vocal, especially when your team's getting pantsed. And he just seems like a quite reserved kind of guy. I mean, obviously, I don't know. But, yeah, I think I agree with you there. And he, he seems like that a bit. And it's, like you said, who do you point to if not Steele? Your, your players are all just standing around looking around for somebody to, you know, give you a bit of confidence and a bit of hope. There's only so many tackles Jack Steele can lay to get everyone to switch on. But it's just lacking. And there's uh, – look, at, at this point in time, it's like now any, any, win, any win I feel is going to be a bonus for us. You could, do, you, do you see you guys playing finals? Right now, no. I don't think we can. I'd say mm. I'd almost say we're we're the thirteenth or fourteenth best side. Mm. I think Port Adelaide's in better form. I think Gold Coast is in better form. I think we sit probably just above Hawthorne at the moment. If I was to be honest, if I was going to be bullish by Friday night when it's Saints versus Carlton, I'll be Carlton. <laughs> that we're going to be favourites. <laughs> I'm 
not looking forward to Friday night. Because I no, do the rest I'm... of the football world a favour, would you? <laughs> it's, the, it's, the danger, it's a danger game for the Blues, I reckon. Absolutely it is. Especially, Saints, yeah. Saints will, be going, Saints will be going in with nothing, nothing to play for. Yeah. yeah. I'll, be, I'll be sounding like that dog on Friday night if we lose, that's for sure. <laughs> we'll be barking. You sound like that at the best of times, mate. Do you, do you think, <laughs> think Richo, um, part of the Saints at the moment is like l- lack of Paddy Ryder? Do you think that makes a big difference or you can't really use that as an excuse? Well, he's only missed one game. Yeah, but you know, that was sort of when you were lacking the spirit as well. To, to manage Paddy Ryder for the Sydney game, uh, questionable. At least give us a real look. You know, he, we had the buy three weeks ago. Mm. Yeah, why? Why did? Why are we managing him now? Mm. Manage him yeah. when when we've solidified a finals position. Because what mm. realistically you need to win thirteen games to play finals this year. Yeah. yeah, at least Saints have won eight and was there seven games left, eight games left. Yeah, you need to win that eight. five. You've got a tough draw. Five out of eight, and we've got we've got Geelong again, Carlton, Sydney again, uh, Fremantle, Bulldogs who are up. Uh, and then we've got West Coast in WA, which is not a gimme. I reckon they'll they'll come back and win a few games the rest of the year, West Coast. We were just uh, saying that, actually. We were, I was talking about how I reckon West Coast are going to beat a side like a Richmond, St Kilda, a Bulldogs, all teetering around finishing eighth, and they'll just knock them out of finals and we'll disappoint them. So I'm glad you agree. Would you see the West Coast team list on the weekend? There's like mm. 10 premiership players in that team. Yeah. Oh, it's strong. And Marcus was mentioning before that Nick Nat's not far away either. If Nick Nat comes back, he's tapping it down to Luke Shuey, Tim Kelly, Andrew mm. Gath. And yeah. you've got Josh Kennedy up forward. You've still got Tom Barras. Uh, if McGovern comes back, like the spine's mm. there. Mm. Still got Tap yeah. Darling running around. Like, mm. If you yeah. put that team on paper at the start of the year, they're better than the Saints. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were, they were probably playing finals if they didn't have all those COVID issues oh, and sure. injuries and everything so um yeah no it's 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 crazy but yeah mate the saints who else like i think was jack higgins i think jack higgins has fallen off a cliff what's going on what's going on there there was talk of him being an all australian after round six i think he kicked 14 goals yeah and he was he had kicked maybe two bags of five in that time yeah and I think he, he he's had a few moments where he hasn't given the first gives and cost us a goal here or there. But on the weekend, we severely lacked a marking option that wasn't Max King because yeah. he just couldn't put his hands to it. Whereas yeah, Jack, Jack, Higgins, Jack Higgins is a small forward, but he leads up with the footy. He gives you a target when you're going in. Whereas we elected to go with Dan Butler, who well, applies great forward pressure, but he doesn't do much else. No. Dan Butler is another one that's been in and out of the side like the last couple of years. He's found himself getting dropped continuously. But I did like what Rutten did and said about Jack Higgins when he when he was dropped. He was pretty upfront about it and said, you know, Jack can't just play Jack Higgins footy. He's going to play Saints footy, and that's why he's not playing. I Did you like that the coach is pretty upfront like that, or would you have just preferred him to keep him in the team and do what he was doing? No, I don't mind. I like a, I like a hard call. You've got to try and get everyone to play team footy and that's what he was trying to do so i can understand the decision um i just don't i just don't know if our options our replacement options were good enough to to make that call we had cooper sharman play on the weekend who was throwing himself at 
a lot of contests. But he was taking, I don't know if you guys, you probably didn't watch. Did you watch the Sydney St. Kilda game? I watched probably Half the first it. half and then I dropped off. Yeah. So Sharman took all, if, if Max King, actually, even if Max King was in there, Sharman was taking the ruck in the forward half. Did not win a single tap. Just had hit. I think we've lost yeah. you. Rich, your mic, your mic's, you, I think you've muted yourself. I've muted myself, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last thing we heard you say was Sharman didn't win a tap. Didn't win a tap. Yeah. Well, when you take Ryder out of the side, then you're losing your, your ruck and you're resting the forward ruck. So mm. would have been, would have been a great time for Jack Hayes to come in and just dominate, but. Yeah. Yeah. What are your um what are your thoughts on Ratner? There's been a bit of talk. He's had a contract as well. Do you like him? Like I think I think he I think he's the right coach for you. He just gone through a very lean period, but what Love are you, what are your thoughts on rats? rats? Um I don't know if the coach is the answer. I honestly reckon it's the playing group. Hmm. You need we need to get in a big bodied mid and a and a leader and a voice. But I look at the same time, I don't know if you can buy a leader. And bring him in. Yeah. They need to be grown internally. Yeah. So there's something going on. Whatever youth's coming in, we need to be targeting leaders. Um, and I just don't know where that's coming from. I was hoping it might be Max King. I've heard he's pretty quiet as well, though. Mm. Yeah. Dan Hanbury is still there. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, I do have some. Some pretty vivid dreams. Dan Hanbury coming back into the side. We win the last seven of the year, and <laughs> then we go on and win the twenty twenty two flag. Yeah, it's possible. It is possible. I mean, you've got a dream. You got to have these aspirations. <laughs> so. Look, if we beat the Blues on Friday night, I'm back on board. I think yeah. just about everybody will be as well because Carlton are in red hot form at the moment too, especially after their game on the weekend. So if you were able to go up and knock off Carlton this week. Absolutely. I think the rest of the AFL world would be like, geez, I think Saints might be back. Just give us something, you know, just give us mm. give us a good game of footy at least. I haven't watched a good game of footy since we played the Cats. Mm. Yeah, that was a good win. That was a great win. Like what happened mm. to that team? That was like six weeks ago. Yeah. It's a long time in footy. Isn't it? Yeah. Well, let's hope it's not this Friday because uh, that'll be disastrous, to be oh. honest. Uh, no, nah, it'd be good. Be a good game. Be, I want I want no. the, the big fours to stand up on Friday night. Yeah. Um, and hopefully not waste all that time going to Marvel. <laughs> yes, we are going. It's been a long time since we've been to a Blue Saints game together, obviously with COVID and everything. So it'd be good. Where, where, where are we sitting? Great. That's a great question. It's, it's only Monday. Haven't really thought that far ahead. Is it, but is it the squad, are the squad family all sitting together, or are you going to come? No. Nah, well, I said no because we sit in the Carlton only section, and I don't want to do that to you. Um, you might not come out alive. So come, come and weather the storm in the Saints on level three. Yeah, yeah, we'll go in the mix section. That's fine. All right, that's yeah. a, that's a deal. Um, our our mate James is coming as well. So, you know, big hawk. Oh, big big Blues fan. He's a big Blues fan now, so he'll be there. He's the biggest I know. And I, I know <laughs> he is the biggest I know. He's uh, in his day one. Definitely bigger than me, that's for sure. Hopes, you know, they... they He's a Anderson Carlton supporter. 
<laughs> our hopes fade and, and they saw, you know, week in, week out. So um I hope I hope it it goes the other way this week. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right, just before we let you go, Rich, we're going to do the pressure cooker on you. I don't think we've done it. I think when you when we've had you on, it was before we started the pressure cooker segment, I think. Definitely, so, definitely a new segment. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do this, mate. Quick, a couple of quick fire questions and and then we'll uh, let you go and get yourself ready for netball tonight. Yeah, I'm doing a, a long-term warm-up. Cut you off there with a sting. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Jump the gun. All right. If you had to delist one player on your team, who would it be? Right now, Dan Butler. Ooh. I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Well, he's not getting a consistent game, so I don't okay. mind it. On the other hand, if you could add one player from another list, who would you bring? Give me Nat Five. Nat uh, Five now or peak Nat Five? I want peak Nat Five. Yeah, okay. And he's that leader you're looking for too. Yeah, we need we need the voice. Mm. Yeah. Love that. I like it. Um, would you wear your team colours to a neutral game? I did on on last week, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which game was it? Which game was it? Melbourne versus Brisbane. Oh, you didn't. <laughs> it was it was concealed. It was a Saints T-shirt underneath the jacket, but the jacket was also Saints colours. Yeah, so, was that okay. intentional? Just, yeah, just in case I had to whip it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, to remind, just to remind everybody. Um, next one, similar token. Footy jumpers at games. Do adults wear them? Do you wear them as adults? That's a no. That's a strong no from me. Oh, I knew you that. Grow We've up. had a mixed bag. We've had a mixed bag. Oh, I don't mind it. Uh, which team do you love beating the most? Pies. Mm. Every time. Well, look, anyone, actually, my brother Barrick's from Melbourne, so going to a Saints-Melbourne game and winning that game is always very sweet. It's a toss-up between the Pies and the Ds. Yeah. Yeah, don't mind that. And... uh Speaking of pies, I don't know where this question came from. It's been thrown in there, but favourite food? Oh. oh, God. All right. So we're talking like, if I've always said if I was on uh, death row and I had to choose my last meal, it'd be a Habibi special, <laughs> nicely cooked chippies on the bottom, shredded lamb on top, chilli, garlic sauce, cheese, jalapenos, and then just like a little side of um, like some capsicum dip. I love that. I, I, need, I need to ask, how close have you been to death row that you thought this intricately? You had that on the back of your palm pretty much. You just knew that, man. That was like a red <laughs> menu. <laughs> I'm always ready for that question, you know. Death row comes around the corner. You need to know what meal you're having. No, yeah. Absolutely, I love it. I love it. I knew you were going to say HSP. I, I just knew that was coming. Have you ever had a bad one? Oh uh, yeah, I have. You about oh, ten yeah, years ago, yeah. I did. Food poisoning. <laughs> you know this very recently too. I didn't mind it. <sighs> yeah, no, they're good. All right. Uh, yeah. So that question was usually who's your favourite pressure point co-host, but uh, we knew the answer to that one, so I thought I'd change it up. 
Yeah. Didn't want to get one down in the tally, did you? No, no. <laughs> All right, Rich. Thanks for coming on, mate. Really appreciate it. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll get you on for a Saints win next time um, in better circumstances. But no, thanks again, mates. And we'll uh, we'll see you in a couple of hours at Nepal. Thanks for having me. I'll be limbering up for the next hour and a half. That's it. Fine rolling. See you then, mate. <laughs> see ya. See you, mate. There you go. Another disappointed Richo episode. <laughs> He's gonna. <laughs> we definitely said last time we'll get you on after a win, but it just we just it just felt necessary after what they've been dishing up, and they're playing the Blues this weekend. I thought, why not? But we have asked him to come on after a win, and he was more reluctant than after a loss. Mm. I feel like he likes to vent. Yeah, the venting and the passion comes out when after a loss. That's for sure. So, absolutely. Um, yeah, but that that was good, and the HSP answer, fantastic. You saw it coming, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> it was like he was reading off the menu, wasn't it? It was. He knew. I'm telling you, when he when he started talking about the side dishes as well, I'm thinking, who gets a side dish with an HSP? You've thought about this. Man. This is something intricate. But I loved it. it was a good answer. And I'll tell you what, I, I probably wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't be one of the worst options to have as your last meal. So I don't mind mm, it. Absolutely. All right, mate, let's talk about your Tigers. What happened on the weekend? The AFL hates you again, do they? <laughs> I'm not I'm not so much on that bandwagon, but I actually thought this is one of the best games of footy uh, as a whole that I've seen in a long time. It was obviously just disappointing to be on the wrong side of the winner's list there, but I thought it was an unreal game. There was a lot of ebbs and flows, like which I said, a lot of momentum swings. I think Geelong had us by 35 points earlier in the game, and then we brought it back, and in the last quarter we were up by 17, and then just Geelong brought it back into an absolute nail-biter, and it, it really could have gone either way. Um, obviously, Geelong got the chockies in the end, but with three points, Hard to break the two teams apart, I thought. And, you know, if Dion Prestia was still on the ground, who knows? Our best player, arguably, it could have gone another way. So, like, not using that as an excuse. It was still a great game of footy, and we had him by 17, so probably should have got the job done in the end. But, nah, unreal game of football. Did you did you get to watch it? I know it was an awkward time. Uh, well, I, yeah, I've only saw the, seen the highlights because I was coming home from the Blues game when it was on. Um, but, yeah, it looked, it looked unbelievable. Like, a real solid, high-quality contest from... Yeah, between two teams. And obviously, you played off in the grand final only a couple of years ago. So there's obviously quality there. And um, it really looked like the Cats just wanted to get one up on you, didn't it? Like they really were playing with a lot. I yeah, know it, it was, they were just a bit more fierce, like the new, more than usual. Well, since 20, I don't know what it is. Since 2017, I feel like Geelong always get us in the home and away. And then whenever finals roll around, we always get them in the finals. Mm. So I don't know if that's got, you know, 2019 prelim, 2017 elimination, obviously 2020 grand final. We always knock them off finals time, but during the year, they either belt us or, I mean, actually this has been probably the first close one we've had, but they normally pants us in home and away season. So I was actually just happy to get close, to be honest with you. Um, and then mm. when we were 17 up in the last quarter, I thought, I think I think we might win this. Um, but as we were talking about before, it doesn't matter how many goals up you are. Momentum is that strong at the moment. The way it swings, it could go either way. So yeah. tough game. Um the one gripe I did have with the game, though, and I don't know what your thoughts about it were, but obviously I mentioned the Dion Prestia um, concussion early in the game, early in the first quarter, I believe it was. And he, I mean, this happened right in front of me. I was at the game. I've never seen a player look more physically sick and out of it than I saw Prestia. Like, he, he couldn't he couldn't get up from the ground by himself. He was getting people to carry him. It was, he looked gone. And for the life of me, I do not understand why the game was not stopped. This is the one thing that really baffled. There was a point where, I kid you not, someone had to kick it over Prestia and the trainers to hit a target because the game just didn't stop and they kept playing around him like it was nothing. Firstly, it's dangerous. If the ball hits him again, 
you, you could honestly die. If you got a concussion, you get hit in the head again, you could die. So it's dangerous for starters. And secondly, then we were probably playing for four or five minutes with a man down. And it's just a disadvantage. Why would you not stop the game in that instance? It, am I just being biased and saying that because it was a Richmond game? Or do you agree? No, absolutely. I don't know why that didn't stop the game. It, it always gets stopped for something like that. Um, and especially being right near the content. Like, I think it was a free kick paid straight after that as well, like in the same area of the ground. So the yeah. umpire had, had an opportunity to to stop the game. Yeah, which was, off. I found that very bizarre. And didn't they stop the game for Liam Baker later in the game as well? And, you know, he wasn't, I think he was just winded. But they stopped it for him. Did that happen? Yeah, yeah did. There, was, there was a slight delay. It wasn't like a massive, like I didn't really even notice it till later to be honest. I saw someone bring it up, but yeah. it was a like a slight delay in game in the, in the game, which is necessary though. If you're not 100 percent what's going on and someone's on the ground with trainers there, you stop the game. And I'm not going to say you know it was the reason we lost the game, but they kicked a goal while we were a man down on the ground and they won by three points. So, you know, I'm not saying that's the reason, but imagine that was in the last quarter with a few minutes to go and that when the game was in its tightest. At this point, yeah. Geelong were you know, breaking away to their 35-point lead. So it's hard to say. But, yeah, I mean, not even for the, the win-loss reason, just for player safety, you've got to stop that, stop the play there. So that was that was a gripe I had with the game. But other than that, it was honestly one of the best games of football I've seen in a long time. And, yeah, it was just heartbreaking to be on the wrong end of it, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And, geez, yeah, we really needed Richmond to win. Um, yeah, Geelong winning, they, uh, they kicked us out of the top four. And uh, it was the only real game that we're cheering for Richmond. So, um, yeah, don't get used to that. But. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was a good game, huh? You weren't you weren't cheering Richmond the week before. <laughs> oh, please don't don't bring that game up anymore. I told still you, living, still rolling on a high from that. That's what gets me through. I actually got home and watched the replay just to get oh. over the Geelong loss. So thanks for that. But um, no, nah, it was a good game. It was a really good game of footy. And once again, like I said, one of those top eight clashes we talked about that definitely lived up to uh, the expectation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what about the Pies? Five in a row. They are playing some unbelievable footy and not going under the radar, but they're, they're, they're a serious team, I feel like, in, in 2022. Well, I think you, when you spoke about earlier, the bottom, like not your A-listed, but your sort of your bottom tier players playing and performing really well, I think Collingwood, uh, the best example of that, probably right behind, you know, equal with Carlton in that sense that they've got some players that are just standing up, playing their role to a T, and it's it's working for them. I mean, that Giants had the hoodoo over Collingwood for the, the last few years, where they haven't they keep beating, knocking them off. So that, Collingwood have had that in their head for sure. But came out and just, I mean, it was only eleven points, but I mean, they kind of looked like winning the whole time. They looked just hungrier. And you said five in a row. I mean, hot pies. They're, they're absolutely on a roll at the moment, and I can't see them not playing finals. I don't know if that's a big call or not, but I can't see them not playing finals with their current form. Yeah, I think they're definitely playing finals. Their their draw is very favourable as well. Um, they've got some really winnable games over the next few weeks. I think it gets a bit harder the last three or four games for them. But over the next few weeks, if they can bank the wins, um, I think they'll make it. Like and you just got to look at who they've beaten. Like they've beaten essentially the whole top four, so they haven't knocked off you know the bottom the bottom sides. They've um they've played some really good teams and, and beaten them all. So um, I think they're legitimate this year and. Um, It'd be interesting to see how far they can they can actually go. Well, that's what's convincing me that they will be good is the fact that, yeah, they've knocked off top four sides. I mean, they've got Melbourne again towards the end of the year. I know that. So it'd be big test for them yeah. with Melbourne have found their their, you know, their full potential again, if Collingwood can knock them off then. But uh, yeah, I think they're a real hot chance of playing some some finals. And like I said, with the Blues probably winning a game as well, depending who they get round one. Yeah. Well, 
Carlton plays Collingwood in the last round of the season. So we we play them again. And then there's a big chance that we it could be Carlton Collingwood first week of the finals. Imagine that, two weeks in a row. Absolutely. Well, yeah. speaking of that, I want to quickly touch on it. We did send each other a, a thing today in the Pressure Point group chat. I think Fox Footy did a, a ladder predictor for the end of the year and it had Richmond Carlton playing off in the elimination final. And I, I actually don't think I, I could handle that if it happened again. Yeah. I don't think I could live with myself if that happened again. It would be... Well, it, the it, result it would happen again? Yeah, the, I mean, the game itself would would kill me, just the build-up to it. because yeah, like, it'd be too much. The fear of yeah of, of losing again, and then if we did lose again, oh god, I don't, I'd be in all sorts. You, you, yeah, I reckon this would be the end. That'd be the end of the Pressure Point podcast if we lost another elimination final. The only, you know, the only saving grace would be that this time around, you guys would actually deserve to be playing finals. That would be the only thing that would make it a bit easier to take. But geez, it'd be interesting. So that could be something to look forward to come come finals time. And I think you know if some of the teams that are looking like playing finals now end up playing, I reckon it's going to be one of the best final series we've had in a little while. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a final series, you know, with you know Richmond, Carlton, Collingwood in it would be would be huge, and the AFL will be licking their lips over that. So, and of course, Essendon's just just holding them down. So, um, well, someone needs to get right. warm. Yeah, exactly. So, all good. I mean, it's not an episode without having a cheeky dig. So, apologies. Um, <laughs> no, we're not. All right, let's get into uh, let's get into the round sixteen games, shall we? And Thursday night footy again. Uh, the Lions are on it. It's going to be an, it's going to be another ripping round, um, and it starts with this game: Brisbane and the Doggies at the Gabba. Huge, but, yeah, massive. Dogs are in good form as well. We didn't really touch on their game over the weekend, yeah. but they played seriously good footy too, and they were looking right back to their best form. I think the fact that it's at the Gabba, I, it's hard to tip against Brisbane up there, and they'll be looking to bounce back because they, you know, I think Chris Fagan said they were pretty embarrassed with the way they played, so. They'll be wanting to bounce back really strong. And I reckon at the Gabba, um, they'll do just that. Yeah. Yeah. I think Brisbane for me and Bulldogs, though, they're essentially playing an elimination final every week at the moment. So they, um, and even though they're in the eight, it's, it's very tight around around that area, as we know. But yeah, they're playing some really good footy. I think they kicked, well, how many, they kicked an outrageous amount of goals in a row on the weekend as well. I think Hawthorne had a bit of a lead and then Dogs ended up just smashing through the second and third quarters. Yeah, absolutely, they did. And it was that, that midfield group that we all sort of spoke about earlier yeah. in the year and even last year, how strong it was going to be. And, yeah, again, they showed how dominant they can be when they turn it on. So they're every chance, but I just think being at the Gabba and after what Brisbane dished up last week, they'll, be looking, they'll, be, they'll bounce back really strong. Yeah, yeah, lines for me as well. Friday night, we've got Carlton St Kilda, as we spoke about earlier with Richo. Um, it, it, regardless of how the Saints have been playing lately, it's going to be a good contest. Two um two teams that play Marvel Stadium very well, um and yeah as I said very very scared especially with the uh the media attention that the Saints are getting at the moment. Yeah, I mean maybe because it's coming from a neutral standpoint, I just see Carlton winning this one. I don't see St Kilda. I mean you obviously give them a chance, but I think Carlton are just too up and about at the moment. Charlie is in very good form. Um, he showed that on the weekend. I just reckon the Saints won't have answers for. Your two, your two big forwards and your midfield group, I think, is just a lot stronger as well. So I reckon those, uh, those two factors alone will get you guys over the line. But being at Marvel Stadium, the Saints do play well there, and they'll be looking to bounce back also. But for me, still Carlton. Yeah, yeah. You know, mate, we didn't touch on the midfield before, but yeah, how good was Sam Walsh on the weekend? I think he played his, his best game of his career, 40 touches. I think he went at 85% efficiency as well. 
for a 40 disposal game is is outrageous. It's pretty handy, isn't it? Pretty handy. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually catch any of the game. I was playing my own game of football at the time. But yeah, I did see the stats and the highlights afterwards and he just kept racking it up. And I mean, we, we knew he had the potential, I mean, has the potential to have these really high disposal games, but actually being effective with these disposals is something altogether, different altogether. Because you look at other players that rack up high disposals and you think, oh, okay, they've done that, but what have they done with those touches? But Walsh is actually effective and dangerous with them as well. So that's what's mm-hmm. the most impressive part. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a freak, he's a superstar, and he, he's going to make a late charge for for the Brownlow, I think, as well. He's he's been huge since he um since he got back into the team, and it's it's weird. Cripps was dominating while Walsh was a bit quiet, and now Cripps is a bit quiet, and Walsh is dominating. So it'd be crazy to see them both dominating at the same time, but um maybe that's just just how it works, which which I'm completely fine about. So um, <laughs> can't complain. Uh, Saturday Arvo, we've got Essendon and Sydney. At the MCG. Well, I mean. Hard to man to case for the Bombers. No, that's what I've, if they had have beaten um, West Coast on the weekend, two in a row, good form you'd, at the G, you'd, you'd maybe think about it. But no, Sydney being too strong and that they're a little bit like the dogs as well in the sense that they need to keep kind of winning just to make sure that they definitely solidify finals. So they'll get the job done here. Yeah, yeah, Swans as well. Adelaide and Melbourne at the Adelaide Oval. Melbourne, Jeez. you can't. Yeah, yeah, cutting that much for Adelaide. They only knocked off North over the weekend. So, which yeah. we didn't actually mention that North has now lost 10 games in a row by 40 points or more. Crazy. We did say that they're probably the worst team we've seen in a while, but that's that's a stat that I thought needed to be brought up. It's, I don't know what's going on down there, but something needs to be fixed. Yeah, they've got serious issues down there. And they just got, like, yeah, yes, they are a young team and they're rebuilding and, and all that, but. Oh, it just looks bleak, and the players look disinterested as well. Like it's, it's not, it's not great. Um, yeah, usually like you've you've got young players that that show a bit, and yeah, you know, they're they're a bit lively, a bit energetic, but you're not even getting that. So it's it, it's it's very very tough at, at North at the moment. Well, like you said, the young guys. It was Horn Francis, wasn't it? Um, earlier in the year that he was sort of showing all the passion and the emotion and whatnot, and then he's just sort of dropped off too. So he's mm. sort of showing he's a bit of disinterest and. And all that, but yeah, I think um, the only one that showed a bit of interest on the weekend was uh, Jackson Archer. Glenn, Glenn Archer's yeah. son went out there and got in a bit of a scuffle, and you know, had fifteen disposals, pretty handy on your first day. And I reckon he was the only one that showed anything. Yeah, yeah, and that's not surprising, being an archer as well. So no, um, exactly, right. no, exactly. But yeah, no, they're just gonna have to slog out the rest of the year north and and uh, and just hope the season ends as quickly as possible. So um, yeah, no, tough one for them. Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of a slog, the next game, Geelong yeah, North. Well, yeah, Geelong North, and this is a game where you love bringing up the odds, and I want to say, what are North Melbourne paying in this one? i I got to have a look. The AFL, doesn't, the AFL app doesn't um, have the odds anymore. I'm not sure what's uh, – and here we go. And I've clicked on the wrong game. Oh, geez, I'm having a mare. Clicked on the wrong game. Clicked on the Richmond game. I'm getting too excited. We will touch on the game. <laughs> we'll start talking about the game anyway before I bring up the odds because we'll be sitting here waiting all day for that, but – I mean, Geelong finally get their home game at home, which is a big start for them, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, imagine them playing north of the MCG. What a waste that would be. Well, yeah, that's true as well. I mean, Richmond North, I think, had, I think we had 60,000 in the end. Uh, oh, Richmond, Geelong, sorry, the other day, which was... Hey. Yeah, no, Richmond North would never get that. No, Richmond, Geelong, I think, had 60,000 on the weekend, which was pretty handy, so they'll absolutely take that. But, um, yeah, I mean, not mounting, obviously, any sort of case here. For Geelong, and the odds are a Geelong a dollar one to North Melbourne seventeen dollars. Jeez, yeah, um, that's long. 
Chuck North and your multi. <laughs> um, yeah, so cats for both of us, I assume. Yep. Um, also on Saturday night, we've got Gold Coast and Collingwood at Metricon. This would be a great game. I th- This could be a big call, I'm not sure, but I think this is the game um, Collingwood have their win streak broken. Um, I love what Collingwood are doing. It's no diss on Collingwood. I just think Gold Coast's footy as of late has been really, really solid, and I've been loving what I'm watching. And after a loss on the weekend, um, they'll be wanting to bounce back as well. And I reckon, yeah, they'll knock Collingwood off here, especially at Metricon. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel the same as well. I think Gold Coast will win. And again, they're another one that's just playing an elimination final every week now. They just need to win. Um, and I think they will. And at home, they've been really good there. And are unlucky not to beat Port uh, the other day as well. So, um, yeah, Gold Coast for me as well, even though if Collingwood win, though, that's six in a row. Geez, their fans are going to be up and about. But uh, I think they're not already. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Sunday Arvo, Richmond West Coast at the MCG, a slight danger game, I reckon. Let's say you spoke about danger games earlier. This one, with the list they've got back in at the moment, actually does frighten me a bit. I think the only thing that makes me feel a little bit better about it is knowing we played them in WA and beat them by 109 points. So, yeah, I mean, I can't see West Coast having a 109-point turnaround, but stranger things have happened. I, just, I, I think Richmond will win here. I think... When we were on against Geelong on the weekend, we were playing like football that we we're playing in our premiership years. It was exciting and genuinely hard to beat. Um, and I guess that shows our 35-point comeback against the Cats. So if we can do that against West Coast, we'll, we'll knock them off. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, I think Tigers will be way too good and we'll bounce back. I mean, you again, you're in that pack. You're, you're sitting ninth at the moment. So you you simply just need a win. Yeah. So, yeah no, that's, no. that's not a dig. It's just like you you can't really afford too many slip-ups. No, and, and and we're another team that has like a, a, a relatively favorable run home as well. So we're going to make the most of these sorts of games where we should be winning. So, yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, GWS and Hawthorne at Giant Stadium. This would be a pretty tight contest as well. This could be a really good game. Um, I'm actually really looking forward to this one. Giants, probably too strong. And they're another one. I mean, you, they, they want, they're just going to want to keep winning every game as well and just see if they're a sneaky chance um, at pushing through. I think Hawks, they, you know, their chance is sort of long gone, so they might be a little bit more disinterested. But Giants are probably too far away, you'd think. But, I mean, weirder thing, like I said, weirder things have happened. But, yeah. No, they've the been playing Giants, good footy, the Giants. That's the thing. They have, they've been playing some really good footy. But I think sitting in 14th place at the moment with only 16 points, they're not a chance. But if they believe, who knows? <laughs> yeah, well, that, that could – I think you've just done our big call, so – well, I didn't say they will play finals. <laughs> uh, last game of the round, we've got Freo and Port at Optus. Freo and Port at Optus Stadium. I mean, Port, good form, good win on the weekend, but Freo, disappointing loss, back home on their deck, big ground. I, I reckon Freo get this one done. Yeah, I think Freo, they'll bounce back. Uh, they're pretty disappointing on the weekend. So they'll definitely want to bounce back. And I mean, Port's another one that just needs to keep winning. But um, no, Freo over there are way too strong. So Dockers for me as well. That is round 16. Can you believe it? It's not, flying uh, by. Not long left. It's flying by. And I also want to quickly just dip back to what I was talking about before and make an apology there because I've obviously had my uh, my positions in the ladder all twisted up. GWS and Hawthorne are actually in the same spot on the ladder with only 5% separating them. So <laughs> I take it back. I take back what I said about Giants being more hungry for that final spot because they're both in the same pretty poor position at the moment. So I think we'll be in for a great clash regardless. But yeah, no, neither of them are playing finals. They're not. No, nah, no. Nah. 
Definitely not. I'm not sure what you were looking at before. I but. thought they were higher on the ladder for some reason, GWS, but yeah, I don't know. I just double checked because I thought that something sounds wrong with what I'm saying. So I double checked. I'm like, oh boy, good thing this isn't live. <laughs> All right, mate. Let's, uh, let's do your Crimea River. Let's do it. All righty. Crimea River this week. Oh, readjusting myself there. I'm getting comfortable for this one. It's been spoken about a fair bit this week in the uh, in the papers and the media, uh, and that is the send off rule. Which, obviously, you know, because it happened in the Richmond game, that's why I'm bringing it up. But I have always been a fan of this, believe it or not. If someone like Tom Stewart or an Andrew Gaff, um, you know, does a hit like that where someone is out of the game and now that that team is now disadvantaged, I believe there should be a send off rule where you sit out the rest of the game because if you've seriously hurt somebody in that way the only problem i feel like with this rule coming in if it were to come in would be too many too many outliers like it, it's so up in the air you know what if the umpire sends someone off for something that didn't deserve it, it i mean the rules are hard enough as they are do we want to bring in another one but i think for this you've got to because otherwise you're sort of awarding that player so tom stewart knocks out Dion Prestia. richmond's arguably the most important player early in the first quarter tom stewart then goes on to have probably a best on ground performance and we lose by three points probably getting beaten out of the middle towards the end of that game where if you had Pressier in there, it could be a different game altogether. So Geelong are almost advantaged in that sense because of what Tom Stewart did. And obviously he'll get his weeks now um, coming up, but that doesn't help Richmond at all. So I think if you've been disadvantaged like that, or even with Andrew Gaff punching Brayshaw, you know, then Freo were down a man. So I think you should have a send-off rule, whether it's a sin bin or you're off of the game, you know, it gets reviewed. And I think the time to review it is going to be just say Presti is down the game should have stopped for Presti then. And while that stopped, the umpires look back at the hit, review it and say, yeah, he's going he's to sit this one out. He's done. He's done for the day. So I don't know if, I know a lot of people are talking about it at the moment. A lot of people love it. A lot of people hate it. I'm on board with it. I think it's, um, we've seen too many cases in the game's history where, you know, it's sort of, that that's happened and it's disadvantaged the other, the other side. So I'm all for it. Um, and obviously it just rejogged my memory because of what's happened on the weekend. But, yeah, I'm I'm on board with this. I don't know what your thoughts are, Marcus, but yeah, I think we should be bringing this rule in. Absolutely, I'm a massive, massive advocate for this. Like, I I don't know why it isn't. Why it isn't in every other sport? Has it like why? Like, I just like yeah. You come back to that point where Richmond have just lost their best player from getting knocked out by arguably Geelong's best player. He gets to play out the rest of the game against that team. It just makes no sense, does it? Like how does that how does that like advantage or disadvantage you know it, it just makes no sense I just don't know why we don't have that I've been thinking about that for years like it's it's bizarre like I think the AFL is a bit a bit backwards when it comes to that sort of stuff what do you reckon yeah. Well no absolutely they are because I mean I know you've got your medical sub and that's what some people are arguing it's like, well you're not really down to play it because you're bringing someone else on it's like yeah but this guy wasn't in your best twenty two to begin with so you're down in that sense because he's not you mean your best twenty two. But then you're also almost rewarding, yeah, the guy that's you know that's um, made the contact or had the hit or whatever it is. He, you're almost rewarding him by letting him stay on the ground for the rest of the game. At all mm. local levels of football, they've got yellow, red cards. They send people off. I'm not saying I want yellow and red cards, but they send people off in local football. I don't understand why it wouldn't be a thing at AFL level. It's not going to happen often. So it's not really going to be that big of an issue. How often do you see hits like that? Like it's once a year, if that. Mm. So it's not going to be a common thing that we see, but I think when we do see it, um, we should, yeah, we should be sending those players off and sitting them out for the rest of the game. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Um, yeah, big, 
I, I really want that to come in. Um, because like, what's stopping someone in a grand final just just going whack and be like, oh, but then and then they go on to like win the Norm Smith or something. Like it's just, yeah, that's it. And There's I a lot of yeah. Oh yeah, like I said before, I know I mentioned it. You know, Tom Stewart hits him, goes on to have a best on ground performance, regardless of whether he has a he could go on and have one touch after that. But mm. the fact of the matter is, he's still out there, and I think that's yeah. the issue that I've got. Not so exactly. much that Tom Stewart had a good game, as much as that did bother me. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it's the fact that he was still out there while Prestia was, you know, could have been stretched off. So yeah, no, exactly, mate. No, love it. Um, do you want my big call, or did we you, you already call. say it before? I know we want your big call. We want your big call. I got the sting for it this week as well. So uh, yeah, we'll, uh, yeah, I got the sting. I got the sting. So without further ado. Players can win the flag. Oh boy. Oh baby, that's big. That's <laughs> Wayne Russell would say. It's uh that's gonna yeah, that I didn't quite say that before. I just said that there could be a danger side and win a final, but to win the flag is another kettle of fish altogether. Winning a final and winning the flag is very, very different. But why can't they? Well, that's the thing. They get it, they have a good draw. Who knows what they finish in the ladder if they if they play for like win a final and they're at the G, they're up and about. Who knows? They they honestly could. I mean, they've they've knocked off Melbourne, they've knocked off a lot of the top four already. They, they, they could. I mean, you, you, it'd be unexpected, unlikely, but the chance is there. And I don't mind this as a big call because that's what it's all about. That is what it's all about. And, I mean, they, yeah, so they've beaten Melbourne. They beat Freo over there. They beat Carlton. Um, have they beaten Brisbane? No, they haven't beaten Brisbane. But they've beaten all those teams around them. Um, so why can't they? That's, what, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying they will, but they can. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. I actually agree. I think they can win it as well. I think there's a few teams that can, and Collingwood, surprisingly enough, are one of those sides. Yeah. So yeah, maybe that could that could turn out to be one of my best calls all, all year. There haven't been many good ones, but that could be one of them. There, really, there haven't been many good ones at all. No, not whatsoever. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, on that note, let's uh, let's wrap up. It's been a great episode. We had uh, had Richo on, which was great, and. Plenty to talk about after a great weekend of footy. So um, round 16 next week. It's going to be great. And, yeah, we'll, we'll chat this time next week.